Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Deep Dives Podcast with Sophie Jubilee and William Meyer. Today, we are going to be talking about a subject we've touched on briefly but haven't gone into depth. It is standardized, standardized testing. testing. Uh, we've touched on this before, but now that we are entering it in our junior year, it's a lot different of an experience because we're the ones actually taking the test now, not mm-hmm. just anticipating it for the future. Yeah. So what are these actual tests? So um, for college admissions, there are two main standardized tests that high school students take. These are the SAT and the ACT. Um, so basically, I took the SAT. So when we're talking about standardized testing, I'm going to be talking probably more about the SAT. And I'll be talking more about the ACT because I think that is what I'm going to be taking. Not sure yet. We'll yeah. see. But mm-hmm. but she has more knowledge than I do, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so basically, the SAT is scored from 400 to 1600. And it's a lot more common in coastal states. I don't actually know why. It just is. But the main difference between the SAT and the ACT is that the SAT has a lot more time per question. So you get more time to think about it. But the questions are a lot more tricky and they try to mess you up and like play with your mind, which is very annoying. Um, And then the ACT, on the other hand. They're very straightforward questions on the ACT. However, you'll notice there's more of a time constraint because they're asking you to do more questions in a lot less time. So it's different for everyone. But as you can see, I chose the ACT. William chose the SAT. But we still like Mm -hmm. I may still take both. But you could do honestly whatever and we're going to be talking also about our experiences so this may help you decide which one you want to take better Mm -hmm. but again you'll have to take most likely a diagnostic test or some other way of experiencing both tests not just based purely off our experiences because it will change for everyone and neither of these tests are one like neither is better than the other it's really just what's best for you yeah and one big difference between the SAT and the ACT is that the ACT has a science section. Yeah. Whereas the SAT has a reading and writing section and then two math sections. Yeah. Whereas the SAT or ACT is different. The ACT only has one math section with all calculators. So there are no open-ended on the math section, which is a very large difference. However, the ACT tends to focus more on geometry rather than the algebra, which is in the SAT, which is Mm -hmm. the more of the primary focus. And the ACT does include a few things on pre-calculus, too. Yeah, same on SAT. So so when she says solve calculator, that's because on the SAT, the two math sections, one section is without a calculator and the other one is with a calculator. And then each section has other four to eight open-ended questions that it's not multiple choice yet to actually write in your answer. Which I do not like, (laughs) because if you get that wrong, there's no... Yeah. No actually, guessing on there, unfortunately. Yeah, and if you bubble it in wrong, actually, um, we ha- there's this one other standardized test called the PSAT, which is the practice SAT. The PSAT, yeah, yes. Which we actually have in, like, a couple weeks. And I was actually, I looked at my questions from the PSAT that we took last year, and there's one open-ended question where I bubbled it in wrong. It, I got, like, like, two-thirds or something, but it was two blank three, because I guess I didn't shade in the dash enough. So that was really annoying. But yeah, that, really that sucks. The PSAT doesn't really matter that I much. I think also, so they're rated, like, they're scaled differently, very differently. Yeah. But they're, most, all colleges will accept the ACT and the SAT. They do not have a preference for either because they are both scaled the same. You could yeah. find the equivalents. But also something that's interesting that we've seen more of is you can actually super score your mm-hmm. test, which is more common for the SAT because I guess it's, it's 
more like the SAT I think is older than the ACT. Yeah. And so what that means is you could take the best scores of each section that you've done on the SAT because most people will take the SAT or the ACT multiple times before being happy with their score. But you could take each section and then combine them and then technically make a your best score. However, it is less accepted and most colleges prefer not because it doesn't reflect like the actual test necessarily. But it's also harder when you may have a bad day and you take the test and Mm -hmm. that doesn't really reflect your true score because you weren't focused. So it's kind of finding like that balance and that's why a lot of people tend to take the SAT and ACT more than once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because usually when people take it the first time when they get it bad, they're like, oh, I could do better. But like... That's regardless of whether you do better or not. If you just do better in one section, you can add, make a super score and combine your scores from multiple test sittings and just make a big, better score. And also, uh, so it's also good to have like one real test under your belt because a lot of the times the nerves will like, you know, build up and your first test might not most accurately reflect your ability mm-hmm. because you might not be used to it because you've only taken practice tests and the practice tests are very different than the actual uh test because there could be a lot harder questions there could be a lot easier questions it's varying so you really don't know what to expect when going in necessarily for like definitive questions mm-hmm. but it's good to have one under your belt so you're like used to that like sort of time constraint and like format or like area environment almost because when you're taking practice tests you can't really like exactly replicate the feel of taking an actual act or sat because you're taking it usually at home Mm -hmm. which is a lot different than if you're taking it in like a school setting and you're like actually having a proctor watch you Mm -hmm. so it's a lot different and that's why a lot of people like to have one under their belt before they like do that and then have a take another one and that ends up usually being their better score yeah and my experience because i took which we'll get into our experience very shortly um i took the sat in august for me the actual taking the actual exam compared to the practice exams the only difference is just the setting like the test itself is the exact same thing so you're kind of used to it but it's just like being in a classroom with kids from like five different schools i've never met before and a proctor watching you and like having to ha- put your phone in a certain area that's the only weird thing that is slightly different but overall you still kind of get in like as long as you get in the zone it feels the exact same yeah but sometimes nerves i feel like if yeah, i haven't taken it like yet i think i plan it in october but uh i think i would get a lot more nervous being in that environment because i feel like there's a lot more pressure when you're under that environment whereas taking the practice at home is not as much pressure for me as it would be if I was taking it for real. Before we go into our experiences, I kind of want to talk about like general like pressure from like these tests because they've come into a lot more, like a lot more students tend to take them now and compared to like a few decades ago. Uh, because we feel that these like numerical values, I think are more important now. And especially for Radner, which has very, very high scores. Yeah. Uh, cause we live in a very affluent area. So we mm. are very privileged to have access to tutors and to help and to practice SATs, practice ACTs, unlike other communities, which reflect different scores. So I feel like living 
in this sort of environment, there is a lot more pressure to do better because of all the resources we have, which puts a lot of pressure on students. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw you some statistics at you guys for a moment. Yeah. So basically, um, if you search up our school, school, school profile, it shows you um, from the class of 2020, which is the most recent one, like what the average scores were. And so in Radnor, it tells you the 25th to 75th percentile. It doesn't tell you the actual average. So the 25th percentile is like 25% of people get this score. 75th percentile means that like 25% of people get this score or higher. So the 25th percentile for the SAT is 1120 to 1430, whereas the national average is a 1060. So already that tells you that more than a like 75% of students at Renner get above the national average, although it's probably even more than that. It is probably more than that. So it puts a lot of pressure on students in Radnor because a lot of these kids are getting really strong scores and it's almost seen as just normal around here because it's just so common. Very true. Very Whereas true. like if you look nationally, everybody's getting above average scores, but we exactly. just have the resources that it's kind of expected that we do this well. Yeah, it's like expected. Whereas someone may say like, oh, I got a 1200, which is great. But in rather, someone might say, oh, that's actually a really bad score. Because yeah. I think we just have a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily the best perspective to have. I mm-hmm. think it's just how we've kind of grown up feeling this pressure and feeling that we have to do better than yeah. the average because of where we are and yeah. what other people are getting. So therefore, it kind of builds and then it kind of passes down to the next Mm -hmm. set of high schoolers and the next set of high schoolers yeah and then eventually it becomes like like this this is like the kind of area where like parents just always talk about their kids in college and it's very annoying that puts a lot of pressure on kids so it's kind of builds up over time to this expectation just to do well um and then for the act anyways the 25th percentile is a 24 out of 36 and then the 75th percentile is a 33 out of 36. Whoa. Which, if you think of it, that's only three points from a perfect score, which is that's crazy. Insane. And that means that 25% of kids in Radnor get these scores, whereas the national average is a 21, which is obviously a lot lower. Um, and obviously, wealth plays a large role in these scores, as we talked about. People in this area have a lot of a big disposable income that they can actually spend on you Tutors. know, tutoring and sessions like that. So this definitely has a big role. And also, you can even see, like, on Naviance, which is a college website, we have, you can see acceptances and denials from different schools and what scores students got and if they were accepted or denied. However, you don't see the other factors that really go into it, which is a big influence yeah. for colleges more, which I think we see sort of a shift in the importance of standardized testing mm-hmm. into uh like more extracurriculars i would say yeah definitely but your essays and that stuff i think it's also still always going to be there i think there's always going to be this need for the standardized test uh i think it is one of the large factors even though we'll talk about later how many schools are test optional now i think it just gives them a better perspective of how to evaluate you because Mm -hmm. extracurriculars are very important and the essay is too but it's also looking at those numerical values are sometimes valuable to colleges too yeah because when it comes to college admissions your context plays a big role so if someone got a 1200 from like some community that does not have access to these resources they would view it as very strong because that's just what they have 
but if someone from Radnor applied to school with a 1200 it'd be depending on the school at least it would be seen as kind of mediocre yeah so it really changes and not to mention that these numbers that I just gave for the class of 2020 have likely increased because of test optional policies which we'll get into a bit so basically because students can decide whether they want to actually submit their SAT scores or ACT scores the numbers or the averages are in, are inflated because yes. if you don't have a good score just don't submit it so all the numbers that are being put into this average are just the people that wanted to submit their scores which are obviously going to be the higher scores exactly and even now something i found really interesting is after the whole college admission scandal which was a large factor in standardized testing security uh they require photo id for a lot of these tests i don't know about the sat mm -hmm. but i think so right yeah they do. and the act does now because it shows the extent to which people went to take to get a perfect score and to get high scores to go to a good college because people basically paid off others to take the ACT for them or to have fake doctor's notes written to get extended mm -hmm. time, which is absurd because yeah. they had the wealth and they had the resources to do so yeah. to go to this extreme extent. And now yeah. I feel like the ACT and the SAT, their kind of reputation has gone down after that, Yeah, which exploited their faults. And we see now they're trying to amp up their security, which mm. we'll see with the photo ID. And I think it's a lot hard to bounce back from that when you see that's like a national wide, like a nationwide problem. And yeah. obviously not everyone was exposed. This has been going on for like more than yeah. more than like 30 years. It's been going on. And there are many millions probably or thousands of more cases that we do not know about. But it's yeah. a lot harder now with that pressure. It shows how almost the pressure did get to them, the pressure of getting a perfect score, but they had the resources got yeah. to them. Which it's really like, the, the thing that's like astonishing is that they had the wealth, they had all the resources to do well, yet they still cheated. Exactly. crazy. So actually, I'm gonna take a little quick aside for this uh, scandal. If you didn't know, just in case you didn't, in 2019, and I think like March or something, um, about like fifty like wealthy lawyers, actors, including like Lori Loughlin, and some other big name people, were caught in a college admission scandal where they would pay, um, like thousands of dollars to have these people take the sta these standardized tests for their kids, or like get them into schools because of getting like, extra time on the test or faking sports scholarships. Yeah. So actually, there's a Netflix documentary, uh, documentary which I highly recommend. But basically what they would have these kids do is take a like diagnostic test with a doctor and they were told to quote unquote act stupid this is from the show this is what they were told um so that they would get these doctor's noti notices to get extended time on these tests because as we were saying before like the act is very fast paced but the questions are very straightforward so if you get extra time that is a huge helper because oh, huge, these huge. tests what's so hard about it is the time like we're going to get into our advice later for these tests and timing is one of them because it's so difficult to get all these questions done, get them correct in the right amount of time. So getting these extended times by faking like some mental, you know, issues is obviously very wrong. It's yeah. And it's like, it just puts the people who do actually have these issues and do actually need extended time. It's just almost demoralizing and like, it makes uh, it even harder for them, to, people that yeah, need it, to get yeah, the help they need. Yeah, and it's just like 
it's like it's awful it's because the people who do actually need it are always questioned now for needing extra time because of what happened and it's uh, it's all it's crazy and it's fairly recent too and it's being brought up more now i feel like the flaws and all this like pressure is being brought more to the surface than instead mm-hmm. of burying it underneath and trying to hide it which i appreciate now which yes. is one thing the college admission scandal did do which means we need to move forward at these tests yeah so these tests have definitely lost a lot of their influence i mean they're still very influential but they're not as much of like a cornerstone of college admissions anymore yeah a lot of this is because of the test optional policies that have recently come into place at colleges so before 2020 before covid most schools pretty much every school would require you to submit an sat sat or act score um but because of covid a lot of high school students were unable to take these tests because a lot of their test sites were being you know canceled and closed because of covid and so now about like 80 percent of universities have gone test optional so you don't have to submit these tests and this is leading to a lot less people actually you know taking the time to take these tests because these tests they take so much time to prep for and take it's and really it's a very really high tedious. expense yes and it's very expensive too it costs like a yes. hundred dollars per exam it's crazy yes and for the preparation tutoring if you have the resources and access for that it's very expensive nonetheless uh, but it shifts the perspective of what colleges are looking for now. Mm-hmm. They're focusing their attention more to the character of the student. We talked about this in another episode, but it's a lot more now about quality over quantity. Yes. Um, they really want to see who you are as a person, what your passions are, and like the change you are making in the world. A lot more than just how you did on one Saturday morning taking a test, you know? Which is great. Which is, yeah. But at the same time, there are still uh, universities, the IVs, I think almost all of them still accept or still require uh the act and the sat so very top universities will still require them and i think there's also some underlying pressure to still submit the test because although it's test optional it sort of provides an extra like leverage leverage or increases your chance of being accepted more because mm-hmm. colleges do value looking at that numerical value because it does give them some reference point to look at Mm -hmm. but it's still so like while it's test optional i think it's still like there's still a little nudge to take it even though it's like overall like decreased in 2021 the year pretty much right in the midst of covid or after you know the height of covid um 700,000 less people took the sat than in 2020 before covid which is about like a 30-40% drop in test takers, which is really show That's insane. It's really showing you the shift in priority that people have on these tests because we're kind of realizing how, you know, these tests aren't as important as they were made out to be, you know? There's so many other factors in college admissions than just one test, and it should not play that huge of a role in college. Also, I think we've seen the growth of test prep uh, businesses becoming a multi-million, multi-million dollar business. But now we sort of see that decline as people have begun to stop taking the test necessarily as much or mm-hmm. 
focus less on taking the test and doing less prep necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so we saw that growth sort of through like the 2000s, especially like the height of the 2010s, I would say, when it was still required. Uh, mm. And we see test prep businesses sort of flourishing with students, uh, giving them tips. And now we see that sort of like subtly decline when the SAT, the ACT are not required anymore which is not good for their business because for sure. obviously they are relying on students to take this test and to on their first account not necessarily do the best because they want more money obviously they want you to come back and they want you to keep working with them and like getting yeah. prep for these tests and it's also like a one-time thing it's not a long-term two-year prep it's only like a six-month to like max a year i would say prep for these things mm -hmm. so it's not like they have long-term customers necessarily yeah uh so they need like new students to keep coming in and keep going for their business to keep surviving so yeah i mean in this area i would say that they probably are not going out of business because yeah not like, well not this area, area but i think national nationwide definitely yes for this, nationwide on a nationwide yeah. scale for test prep though it's so expensive like the place that i went to the most expensive tutor was like 400 dollars an hour which is absurd that is and crazy yeah we my sister and i i'm twins by the way and we literally because it's so expensive we shared one tutor for one session so that was like half the price we got the cheapest tutor and we both did this tutor at one session like we shared a session together so it's yes. less expensive it is very it is so expensive i'm not gonna reason. say it does not help because i think i have improved a lot and i have learned a lot yeah it's just we're lucky that we have this opportunity to do so and i think that sort of flows into our experience yeah. section i will say though once uh like we could mention that if you can't get this prep, I totally think it's possible. Like, I genuinely think just go on Khan Academy. That's what I did at first. And just, like, take practice tests. And don't forget to actually look at your mistakes. Don't just take the test and move on. Yeah. Like, go back and revise it. Yes. Uh, Khan so Academy, highly recommend. Going into my experience, I started prep because I want to take – I originally started with the SAT, actually. Because I feel like that's kind of like a default – uh, that we we default to the SAT war. Yeah, it's very uh, that's just like post. a random fact. But uh, so I started with the SAT and I started prep over the summer because I was like, I want to get this test done. I want to get this test out of the way. I don't want to have to think about it at all at the end of junior year or even in the senior year. I just want to get it done at the beginning of junior year because that's what uh, a lot of people who were already in college and a lot of parents had already told me. So I was like, okay, I'll guess I'll go with it. So in the summer of 20, I guess the summer, I started uh, SAT prep for, uh, I did like three, four hour sessions, which I do not recommend. Do not, if you have sessions, do them for four hours, do them over spread out time. I do not know why this was scheduled for four hours. Not worth I don't it I did learn a lot but 4 hours is way That's too much thrilling. way too much. Uh so I started with the SAT and I had taken one PSAT in my life uh at school the year before and the SAT I felt good about it except for the reading and writing. The reading and writing on the SAT I found was a lot more of a challenge for me than the math which I found was a lot easier for me. Uh but I then decided oh like 
I was going to get more tutoring and you know what I was going to get better at reading and writing so I went into after the summer which I did this SAT tutoring at camp so it was like this tutor guy who came up to the camp uh I decided oh uh we're gonna keep continuing tutoring because I think I'm gonna take the SAT in October um which is very soon was not ready for uh I decided, oh, let's go to this tutor. My tutor is great, by the way. He's super cool and super nice. So we worked on the SAT, and he gave me practice. However, I took a practice ACT. He's like, why not just try it? You know, maybe you'll do a lot better. I found out that the ACT, while it was really tough on time, I've noticed, the reading and writing are a lot easier. Yeah. While as the math, I really struggled on time because it's 60 minutes for 60 questions, which is a minute per question. But keep in mind, it goes from easiest to hardest. So some questions require more time. And also, it focuses a lot more on geometry, which is not my strong suit, I would say. But I I did really well on the reading and writing. And the science... The science was fine, too. It was basically the science is just interpreting graphs and hypotheses and passages. It's very, very simple. It also, though, I realized it's a time constraint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my tutor helped me figure out that the ACT offered more room to grow because it is easier to improve in uh, math than it is to improve in reading and writing because you can learn skills for reading and writing, but it's harder to change those skills than it is for math where you can look at mistakes and strategies and figure out what to do mm-hmm. so that's how i landed up on the act i've been doing practice i literally just did a practice test this morning uh i've been doing practice tests ever since practicing i've been getting better gonna take it probably in october and december possibly take the sat too but apparently it's easier to transition from the act to the sat because of the time constraint like I know people uh, who have taken the ACT and then took the SAT and were like, I have so much time. <laughs> I feel like I have like hours and hours because <laughs> of how much time you have on the SAT, which in reality is not, it's the same amount of time overall, just less questions. But <laughs> I think I found the ACT particularly easier because of the reading and writing I noticed was a lot easier and more straightforward. And I think that is something I struggled with more than math. And then I realized I need to, those were two sections. So I obviously wanted to do better on them and needed to do better on them because that's like half the test. Mm -hmm. So that's how I landed up on the ACT. Nice. Yeah. The thing with the SAT, the reading and the ACT, the reading is so much nicer. The The reading is so much easier, I would say, on the ACT. But who knows? Sometimes people have different opinions. And it's also tougher, I would say, with the time constraint. Because while the reading is easier, there are a lot more questions. So you do need to pace yourself. And you do need to read faster. Because Mm -hmm. still, I'm, like, doing it. But I finished. Like, you don't have time to check. You just got to go. If you don't know it, you got to circle it and come back. And you literally just have to, like go 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 because there's no time to think about it and you do need to like pace yourself more than the sat i would say because it's straightforward but you need to answer a lot more questions so you got to be able to like uphold that time constraint mm-hmm. all right so from my experience i took one diagnostic test for both sat and act yes. which i really it's really just i took one practice test in each test and i found the sat was much better for me like by far i think like when I converted my ACT to SAT scores, 
I did like 200 points better than the SAT. Yeah. So were, I was not good at the SAT. Mine were pretty even. Like I got the same score basically on both. But the ACT, I just had more, I guess, more room to improve. Yeah, because math is easier. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Anyways, so the SAT was by far better for me because one thing is ACT was way too fast. I'm a slow it's reader, really so that was fast. really bad for me. Yes. And also, I like taking my time on things. So that was <laughs> Yeah, you don't got, you can't do that out there. Yeah. So then over the summer, I studied using Khan Academy and weekly tutor sessions, which um, once again, my sister and I shared a tutor, which was actually pretty nice because we would always get like the same test. And we can, like, talk to each other about it if we didn't know what's going on. So I took, because we took one practice test for every week. I took probably, like, 15 practice tests. It was kind of crazy. But honestly, wow. the practice test is the number one thing to help you. Like, if I were to give one piece of advice, piece of advice, actually, no. One of the piece of, pieces of advice would be to take practice tests because it actually yes. shows you how to take the test and you get used to the test itself. And the timing, especially. Especially the timing, Yeah. Because while you don't have to pace yourself as much on the ACT, you definitely still have to pace yourself on the SAT. Like, you, it's, you can't just, like, get caught in a question. You have to move on. Um, so, anyways, I took, after probably, like, two, three months of studying, I took the August SAT just before school started. It was, like, probably, like, nine days, I think, before school started. Because I, really I really just wanted to get the test done with and get it over. And so I got my score back in, like, at like the first week of school or something. And I was satisfied with it. And oh, are you gonna take it again? No, I'm not. Congrats, Yay. you're done, guys. Yeah. You got a full out of like he's actually done, and I haven't even started. I'm, it's like one of the best feelings. I'm not gonna lie. Like I literally, I the score you were came take out. It again. No, um, the score came out at like seven thirty in the morning. I just, my alarm went off. I checked it. I did this thing where like I checked one digit at a time, <gasps> and because I that's was, like, scary. I was like half a week, so I had oh. no emotion. <laughs> oh. Actually, no, I didn't have emotion. But I was like, checked the first digit. I was like, okay. I think I was like, yes. I was like, finally. And like, got the last digit. I was like, thank God. Well, the last digit is always a zero, so like, I, can't, I don't know. Anyways, I was yeah, like, thank God. I'm done. Actually, the thing is, I'm going to get this to bit this later in advice, but like, no one to stop because when I first saw my score, I was like, oh my God. Ah. But then I just like, you rest on it more. You're like, but I could have done this, but I could have done that. But then like, realize like, just like you did well, you like if you reached your goal, then just stop. You know, I took the SAT one more time as part of this digital study. Oh so yeah, that's a little a bit really of background. Factor. Yeah. So as we were talking about how like way way less people are taking the SAT now, College Board, which is the company that administers the tests, they I'm pretty like they've realized that they're losing money or like they're not making as much money anymore. Yeah. So they're trying to change the exam to be one, it's shorter. So you don't get as exhausted. The questions are easier. And so before they release this test, they picked some students at random to take it. And I, my sister and I were both. And it's digital, which is a That's really a big, big factor. The difference is that it's online now. It's a lot easier to hit like digital, digital type instead of, I feel like hitting a yeah. clicky button instead of filling it. It takes more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I took this on September 20th or September 17th, which is about a week ago. Um, I will say this test is a lot easier. The only thing is, is that because it's easier, the curve on the exam is really, really harsh because everyone does better on it. Yes. So I get my score back in like January. So I have a long time to like see my score. Usually for the regular SAT and ACT, you get it after like two weeks or so. Apparently I get mine after two days. Really? Because there's no open-ended. Oh. Yeah, ACT, you get your score back a lot faster. That's crazy. That's so nice. 
Um, anyways, yeah, I literally get this back in January. So <laughs> I get this back in like four months and they show me my score and then I have like five days to pick whether I want it to be official or unofficial. So honestly, oh. I think I'll probably make it unofficial because I don't. Hey, think I never, well never doubt yourself. If I did, if I did well, then sure I'll make it official. Maybe make a super score or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I get that back in a while, so I won't be hearing for like another three months or something. Um, anyways, that was my experience. I took the SAT in August. Good with my score. Took the digital exam. Get that back in January, and I'll see how that goes. But this. Digital study, I honestly, if I knew what my score was in August, I would not have taken it. But you have to register for the study. It took, like, a month of just, like, emails. Like, sign up for the study. Okay, boot. Like, we're going to, like, accept your spot. Okay. And, like, so you get picked. Okay, we picked you as a participant. Like, it's a really, really long process. So I signed up for it before I even knew my score. But if I signed up after it or if i was told after i got my score back i would not have done it but it was honestly a waste of my time this is like coming into like 2024 i think is what this digital test will be like literally the new test and i think i don't know what the act is doing i don't know if they're going digital so the new norm will be this new sat and that'll be like when we're already graduated yeah so it'll be more affecting the freshmen this year or like the middle schoolers who don't need to think about it now, but it'll be like way different. I think it's really interesting. I personally how found it easier on paper. Yes. Because like you, you can write. annotate. Write yes. On it That's what online. I like too, but I feel like it's also faster. Yeah. Online. But there will be a lot different. It's going to be a lot different and a lot more changes. So I feel like we're not going to be able to like really see this change, but I maybe like my sister or like yeah. other people I know who are younger than me, this might affect them more. If it's online, that's just, like, weirder to me. Like, I feel like, like, I, that just doesn't seem, like, right to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. sit well with me for some reason. Well, here is my little inside scoop on the test because I took it last week. So, basically, this test is different because everybody's test is going to be different. <gasps> because it, the sections, they have two reading and writing sections. They combine the reading and writing section to be one section. And math section is all calculator. <gasps> but instead, they have two modules. So you have one module reading writing, another module reading writing, then two modules of math. But the oh. thing is, it's, adapt- it's an adaptive test. So depending on how you do in the first module, you'll either get a, s- a second module that's harder or easier. <gasps> that's so, like like literal. That's like standardized tests you take at school for like the... the like, math testing. Yeah, like math testing. Yeah. That's not like... Wait, that's weird. That's like not... If you're not having all the same questions and it's adapting based on... That is... I don't like that. I think the thing is the reading and writing section is a lot easier because, yeah. which is good for me because that was my weakness. Yeah. Um, because instead of having long passages and 10, 11 questions, you have like one little paragraph. And oh, question. that's so great. So that was a lot easier, except the one thing is they have poetry now, which is, oh, those questions are really confusing. Great. But yes, I yeah. would see how the curve would be a lot less. The curve than... is so brutal because here, here's what I, so basically to prepare for this, all they give you is one practice tests. And that's it. You don't well, get in the else. future, they'll obviously have more available, yeah, but also so. it's going to take like a good like five, six years to get like a, a number of practice tests yeah. available and to have like reference for what the test is actually like. I think and when this digital exam first comes out, I think more people will be taking the ACT just because there's more material to study with. Yes. And then over time, as more material comes out for the digital SAT, more people will be taking the SAT. Yes. Again. Um, anyways, so this curve on this thing is actually sick. It's brutal. Literally, um, <laughs> so when I took the practice test, I got 
Um, six reading writing questions wrong, which gave eighty points off, which is it's like not great or not terrible, but it's still bad because usually reading writing has a nicer curve because generally people do worse on it. So that was rough. But here is this: I did the math section. I got four questions wrong out of like fifty something, and I got ninety points off. <gasps> I was like, "What Whoa. in the world?" It's insane because everyone does better on this because it's easier. So the curve is yes. super hard. You have to get less questions wrong. That's but more intimidating for it me. It is intimidating. Plus, because it's only fifty questions or like fifty-five questions for That's math. That's it. So like every question counts. That's it. Yeah. I have well, I guess I have sixty. So. It, like, uh, yeah. The nice thing about it is that yes, it's instead of three hours long, it's two hours, which is a lot which less is draining. A lot. Um, the only thing is, I will say for the reading and writing section because every single question you have one question and one paragraph, one question, one paragraph. It kind of takes a lot of energy to like switch the topic in your brain every question. Like, yeah, okay, I wouldn't like that. I feel like because I I need to, I like to annotate the story and then like yeah, it's really hard to if it's like it. passage one versus passage two, I'll like a passage one, do passage one questions, like a passage two, do passage two questions, yeah. like compare. It's a lot easier because then you could go a lot quicker mm-hmm. because you know the topic you're talking about instead of reading it. Yeah, you get a general idea what you're talking about for these questions. But this one's just like every single question's a new idea. Which is kind of hard. And also, it's really hard to annotate because there's like highlighted it, click the annotate button, type in your annotations, and then like to see your annotations, you just click the button to open your annotations. So you can't really annotate it on it that well because you just run out of time. Um, anyways, that is my to say on the digital exam. Yeah, he's really giving the future giving insight. The, <laughs> giving the juicy information. The juicy, it's actually very relevant because very few people have taken it. So I feel That's like. So like, I mean, I, I don't know so if you're supposed surprised. to be reveal. Are you allowed to reveal this? Well, this I'm allowed to say what the test was. I'm allowed to say what was actually on it. Well, duh. But, like, yeah. but this is like top secret information. That would choke I actually didn't realize so few people actually took the digital exam. Like out of like, I think it was like three or so districts that took the exam at my test place. And there were only like 40 kids. Yeah, like, exactly. Which is so tiny. crazy because you're one of the few people who's like. Very lucky. Yeah, it, I guess. But I think it's sort of going to, like, advice. We've kind of, like, briefly, like, sprinkled it in. But, like, number one thing is time yourself and pace yourself. I think for the ACT, that's a lot more relevant. Just pace yourself. And that will come with practice, I think, because you'll learn how to adapt to the time restraint and you really can't get stuck on one question. Mm-hmm. You just got to skip it and go back. It's better to get one question wrong than get, like, the next five wrong because you were too, like, Cut you spent up. too much time on it. Yeah. And, well, especially for math for me because you know it gets – yeah, for math, both the ACT and the SAT, it goes from easiest to hardest. So you really can't get caught up mm-hmm. in the beginning questions. So knowing how to pace yourself and knowing, oh, I'll need this much time for the ending questions, so I should – go faster on these things really helps you adapt to the test and do better mm-hmm. for me pacing wise on the SAT, you don't really have to pace yourself for me personally for math i didn't really have to pace myself that much because i learned that like if i just take my time on the questions because the SAT really tries tricking you up yeah so instead of trying to rush not the by, act yeah instead of trying to rush by the questions and giving yourself time to look back at the questions i learned it's way better just to take your time on the question and get it right the first time because it's a lot harder to go back, redo every question, and find out you did it wrong than just to do it right the first time. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's just because the SAT is more tricky. You still have to trickier. read it close. But, like, the ACT, you're cutting. Like, I literally, like, it takes you. It takes me. It's so hard to finish. Like, literally yeah. to finish the test. So, like, I would just circle it if I didn't know how mm-hmm. to do it. Like, I just don't have the time. I the, um, 
for the SAT, you just have to really pace yourself, one on the reading and other on the writing section, but a lot more in the reading section because it's really hard because you have like 10, 11 questions per, you get here. Me too. Here's background. You have 13 minutes per passage. You yes. have to read the whole passage and have like 10, 11 minutes or 10, 11 questions, questions. with it, which is really difficult, That's especially because have. the SAT, you have to like literally be so like fine tuned on the SAT. Like, for the question, and, like, when you look at the answers, you have to make sure every word is correct because sometimes the answer is, half is correct. all correct. It's just one word is off. Yes. So, you have to – It's that reading section, God, kill me because you have to, like, pay so much attention but still be fast. Yeah. But the math section is not as bad, but, like, the reading section, I'm going to tell you, you have to pace yourself really well on that one. Um, but, yeah, generally, still, even on math, still pace yourself. Make sure you're not running out of time, but, like, it's not as difficult. Uh, I think the next piece of advice is just, like, like, don't, like, doubt yourself. Just, like, answer, like, all the questions you can. Like, what I've noticed for me, which is easier, is if I do not know how to do a question. Like, I really just can't think right now. I'd rather just pick the questions I can do, like, first. Like, when I, especially for the ACT, when you get to, like, 50 or something. Or, like, even, like, 40 or 45. That It starts to get challenging. And you'll notice, oh, I don't really remember how to do this because it's really hitting back on that geometry stuff, uh-huh. which is way back for us. But you really just have to pick wisely with which questions you're going to do because a lot of the times students don't necessarily, like, finish all the questions for the mm-hmm. ACT. So, like, picking which questions you can do is very important. But also, like, try not to, like, doubt yourself and say, I can't do this. Try to just, like, what is really helpful with these tests is you just have to think outside the box. You're not directly doing it like the like teacher way, as they say. You're trying yeah, to do you have it to learn like, how to take the test. You have to learn to like adapt to the test. You have to take it like you have to do like strategies. You're not just doing the math like regularly. Like you're doing other like different things to get the answer yeah. because you may not know how to do it. And they're always trying to like trick you up with that stuff. So that's where you have to like be careful and just like read through the questions, especially. And I think that goes with reading and writing too. I don't know. Science is kind of just like reading graphs. So like <laughs> science is, is a struggle for me on time though, I think. So yeah, when I took the my diagnostic ACT, the science section was my worst because I ran out of time on it. It's it is yes. You ran out, you didn't run out of time on that math? No. <gasps> How? I didn't run out of time on any sections. I got like really like down to the second for every section, but science I ran out of time. Really? I ran out of time on the math because I I don't know. Well it's like a lot of questions. Yeah. Me. Okay, well anyways. I think that's it. Um, yeah. Anyways, one thing just to keep in mind is that there's so many more important factors when it comes yeah. to college than testing. Like you have so many other things to do. Yes. So one of my pieces of, of advice is no one to stop. You know, don't take the exam if you don't feel prepared because unfortunately this test is very reliable, which means that like it'll give you consistent scores if you don't ch- if you don't prepare for it. Yes. So don't just waste your money and take a test and just you know, take it just to get the same score again, you know? Um, anyways, yeah, as I was saying, no one to stop my other point because you, once school year especially comes around, is this is what I've had to, like, understand is that there are so many other important things at college that you should not just spend, like, hours every week just doing test prep when you can do, yes. you know, spend your time on activities that you find interesting and that will honestly overall make a bigger impact on your college admissions, like, profile than like a 50, 50 more points or something on the SAT. There's so many better things to do. Yeah, I think also just like not uh, equivocating your 
numerical value on your test to your value of yourself, which we've talked about a lot. Because as William was just mentioning, there are so many other factors that we will, I don't think, ever really know, like for sure. There are a lot of books out there, a lot of websites, magazines, everything that could try and like help you with that, see how like colleges will accept you. But I don't think you'll really ever know like why or why not for like a fact Mm -hmm. necessarily, because I've known kids who have gotten like really high scores, like perfect scores almost on the ACT or SAT, but haven't gotten into the college of their choice necessarily. Yeah, it's not that significant. I mean, it obviously can like help you but like don't spend hours every week preparing or studying for the exam when you you know you have a good enough score like for me i set a goal for myself and i literally got like 10 points above my goal yeah so i was like you know what i'm stopping here i'm not gonna like spend more time on this yeah i think that's really my main advice yeah just like take it and don't let it like consume your time you know yes because there are so many better things to do yeah um another piece of it advice that i have is which i mentioned earlier but go back and look at your mistakes and correct them yes. because a lot of people that's what i did at first i would just take a practice test boom and cut the score okay let's try again you know no you have to actually go back and see like what you did wrong and like correct yourself because you're not going to improve you're just going to do the same thing wrong again yeah mm-hmm. i think another thing i had was don't like choose your test necessarily like based off of like others opinions you're gonna form Mm -hmm. your own opinions about the test and like i went in thinking oh i'm gonna take the sat Mm -hmm. everyone's taking the sat all my friends are taking it that's what i'm gonna take Mm -hmm. no uh i ended up to i ended up now on the path of the act you know what i like it actually a lot better like don't go in expecting anything Mm because you might find one test is better than the other for you and it's your opinion not anyone else's yeah before you start even practicing take one diagnostic test of each and see which one's better for you yes that's i think the number one thing to do because if you study for one exam and realize like a month later that the other one's better for you that's just a loss sunken cost whatever thing i forgot what you call that well you still apply it but like yeah yeah but like it's going to be a lot more valuable if you just figure out the get-go what works better for you yeah um Another thing is don't let the test be, like, an end-all be-all. You can take it again if you need to. Like, yeah, I know... There's no restraint. Yeah, which is partly why, why I think it's better to take it early on because, one, not only if you get it done early on, you don't have to worry about it junior year, but also if you, you know, take it in August before your junior year like I did and get a score you don't want, you have so much time to take it again. And there's so many more test administrations that you can just, like, retake it. It's fine. You can, like, take your time... Don't stress about it too much because, like, if you take, like, August before your senior year, college applications yeah. are coming up, you only have, like, one other time to take it. Yeah. So, just take it early and don't let it be the end all be all because that'll only pressure you to, like, and you'll end up doing worse on the exam. Like, I remember when I was first sat down in my testing place and I was, like, deep breaths. It was, like, 8 in the morning. Like, I was, like, oh, my God. Um, but I kind of, like, talked to myself. I was, like, you know what? If you do well, it's fine or if it's great if you don't it's fine like literally it's my first test it's you've taken this like 15 times yeah like it's like any other test you've taken okay that's yeah. that's all i have i think um yeah that's all i have too okay i hope you guys really appreciated this and if you're a junior or sophomore you know if you're in or senior you know in our shoes we wish you best of luck on these things we know how insanely annoying it is um but yeah 
best of luck yeah uh with that thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed make sure to subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor or any other listening platform you may use and follow us on instagram at deep dives podcast and we'll see you all next time bye, bye.